0: heart health radio is for informational purposes only before taking any action please talk to your doctor welcome in to heart health radio with board certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist dr. franklin Weefall. heart health radio heart health radio oh 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 heart health
1: radio.com heart
0: Hello, folks. I'm Joe Colucci.
1: And I'm Dr. Franklin Weefone.
0: And this is Heart Health Radio, where it is our goal to educate and entertain you, to help you stay healthy, and to identify medical misinformation more quickly. Dr. Frank, I understand we have a couple of very interesting topics to share today. I think so.
1: Cholesterol being one of them. Or what is new with cholesterol.
0: Yes. It yeah. Is LDL the answer to everything? Uh, right now it is, but might not be in the future. Okay. And I guess we will keep our second topic under covers for a little while longer? A
1: little while. We'll, we'll close the door on that and we can surprise people.
0: Just to tease our listeners a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So...
1: Cholesterol, Yeah, and, and you know, we are, I talk about LDL. LDL is a mantra of mine, and you check your LDL, get your LDL down. And now, you know, it used to say 100, you know, your LDL should be, and then it was 70, and now it's 50. Well, you know, I get people who are 11 and 12, and I really believe that the only thing that we have shown in terms of cholesterol is the lower the LDL, the better. And we've also shown that the medicines that we have to lower cholesterol, I mean, it, the theory is if you lower cholesterol, you'll lower your incidence of heart disease. And it's true. Okay. And so what, what do we have to, to reduce your risk of a heart attack? We have the statins, we have this new one called benpadoic acid, or, and we have um, an antibody called rapatha. And what's the reason that I believe in LDL lowering? These medicines have been tested, and they've been shown to reduce the risk of death. So we were focused on HDL. So we're going to talk about LDL as the bad cholesterol. It's what gets stuck into the plaques and the arteries, and they clog up, clot, and cause heart attacks and strokes. Well, we had HDL, and HDL was thought to be the magic bullet, okay? Get your HDL up because people with high HDLs, the good cholesterol, had a lower risk of heart disease. And so they came up with a medicine to raise HDL, and boy, it worked. It worked, got that HDL way up. What was the problem? The people who took that medicine and got their HDLs up had a higher risk of heart attack. So the, the concepts that we have and the biases that we have don't really work sometimes. And so there were cholesterol medications, for example, something called Zetia or Zetamibi works in a different way. It prevents your body from absorbing cholesterol from your gut. Well, one of the problems is that 90% of the cholesterol in your body is produced in your own liver, that's how statins work. They reduce the amount of cholesterol that your liver produces. Well, Zadia came out, it was approved on one basis that it lowered your LDL cholesterol. Now, what did Merck not do? They didn't do the study that showed it reduced the risk of heart attack. They did some crazy other study. I won't go into the details. That didn't work. And then there was some study that showed it may cause more cancer, and it just wasn't used. And finally, I think about an hour before it ran off a patent, the study came out that, yes, it was an excellent medicine for lowering the risk of death. And if you combined it with a statin, it was something called a synergy effect where the reduction uh, was greater than what you'd expect from either one by itself added together. That's called synergy. So one plus one equals two. In this case, one plus one equals six. Right. Okay. And and I'm going to describe it like that. But anyway, so what's the new thing? Well, it's an old thing. It's like an old friend coming back to dinner that you hadn't seen in four years, and you say, Hey, maybe this guy is a good guest. <laughs> I haven't invited him for a long time. And that's called L P Little A lipoprotein A. Now, what the heck is that? It's a protein in your body that connects the cholesterol plaque to the clotting system, right? So why do we have heart attacks? The cholesterol plaque has an regular, instead of a smooth covering, like a chocolate covered cherry, It's somebody's taken a little bite out of that chocolate-covered cherry and the inside is exposed. Well, the inside of that plaque is incredibly thrombogenic. What does that mean? It causes clots to form, both through platelets, which are the cells of clots, and then the proteins of clots, and it is uh, not a good thing. Well, LP little a seems to connect that. It seems to be one of the forces that can cause clots to form on cholesterol plaques. Now, if you clot your cholesterol plaque, you don't always have a heart attack. Sometimes that's the impetus for the cell to grow over it, the plaque to grow over the clot and make it bigger, so that over time a 25% blockage becomes an 80% blockage because of that clot forming and, and then covering and clot forming. Well, LP little A was something we discovered, and the people who have the highest LPA little A numbers have even a higher risk of heart attack, death, or stroke than those who have a markedly elevated LDL. It was a greater predictor. So if your LP little a was high, you had a higher risk. Now, what was the problem in the old days? We didn't have anything to treat it. Nothing. And there was nothing else but the statins that were shown to reduce that risk. So if you had a very high LP little a, we tried something called niacin. Why? Because if you gave tons of niacin, it would lower the LP little a. Well, guess what? When we studied it, the people who took tons of niacin not only felt worse, but they had a higher risk of heart attack. So that didn't work. So, we became enamored of the LDL, and I think rightly so, because it became our ticket to knowing that we were at least reducing the risk of a heart attack. Now, let me tell you, I got plenty of people with LDLs of 26 that I have been managing and working on, and they still had a heart attack. Now, I didn't measure the LP little a. Why? Because I didn't have anything to treat it, right? So, not knowing it didn't make a difference. Well, lo and behold... Within the next year or so, are two spectacular medicines that are coming out. And I'm not going to go into the names because it's not um, something that I want you to listen to or look for because they're very complicated medications. Um, One is by Pfizer, and God bless them, they just had that horrible tornado. That's not their medications, that was their IV stuff and IV medications. It's going to take a while. 25%. Of all our intravenous stuff came out of that lab. That's what I heard. So there's going to be some trouble in Tinseltown with that. But anyway, one of them lowers the LP little a by 85 percent, and the preliminary data that are coming out show that it also reduces the risk of what we call a composite endpoint, which would be heart attack, stroke, um, need for bypass surgery and need for a stent. It's a composite. It's called MACE, M-A-C-E. Not just death, not just heart attack.
0: So these studies and these drugs look at the stickiness? Yeah, no. The,
1: okay, so they'll look at two things. We of know the cholesterol? That, we know that the LP little a is sticky. And a, a, that's a great, I think you came up with that. It, it's a sticky protein that makes clots stick to cholesterol plaques and that's a simplistic way of luring if you're from duke out there and you and you study lp little a don't be mad at me for not giving the entire detail i just want to make people you know generally understand where we're interested in but they measure the level so yeah lp little a is high really high and they gave this medication they did a couple of things did it did the medication hurt you did it cause you know side effect problems good news did not then they said, can I lower the LP little A? And sure enough, they were able to lower that level in the bloodstream by 80%. I mean, I mean, it's really hard to lower LDL cholesterol by 80% without multiple medications. Well, anyway, then they said, and they're working on this still, does it reduce the risk of a heart attack, stroke, death, need for bypass surgery, et cetera? That's called MACE, and I won't get M-A-C-E. And The bottom line is they don't have enough people yet to say, does it reduce death? Because they would need a tremendous number of people in the study to show a reduction in death. So they put all these categories together and say, does it reduce that? And the preliminary data, it's not been in a large enough study to prove that it's right. It's complicated statistics, but it's very promising. And we may get to the point where, we are focusing not just on LDL, but also on this LP little a. So in the next year, if you haven't heard, ask your doctor, where is the data on LPA now? And do I need to be on that LP little a drug? And I think it's going to be perhaps a game changer because we've hit hit a plateau, right? We used to have, you know, uh, X percent of people in this country having heart disease and we brought it way down. But we've hit a plateau you know and so that plateau means even pounding away at the ldl cholesterol we still have a percentage having a heart attack maybe this is going to be the game changer where now we can get that level down even more now that's speculation don't quote you know joe and dr frank that this is going to happen but i'm very excited and i want to get the word out to start thinking about lp little a and going to your doctor in the next year or so. And also, pay attention to the show, because as soon as the data is out that it works, we're going to be crowing from the rooftops, Joe and I, about this this mechanism of action and these new medications, if and big if they turn out to work. And I want everyone to know that the concepts are great. We can raise HDL, for example, with this medication. Turned out it not only didn't work, it caused worsening problems. And so let's keep our fingers crossed. I'm really excited about this. The preliminary data are very promising in terms of no bad side effects and uh, ability to reduce this sticky thing. And perhaps it looks like it's going to reduce death. And that's the only way we're going to use this, right? If it reduces the risk of heart attack and death and stroke and all that other commission, because that's the only purpose of the medicine, right? If If you lower LP little a and it doesn't affect your health, then it's not worth doing. True, true. Stay tuned because it's coming.
0: Okay, let's shift gears here and let's move from cardiology to your other specialty. Well,
1: I'm going to say this. It's not just cardiology, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, you have billions of human cells in your body, right? Billions and billions, you know. True or false? You have more bacteria in your gut than you have human cells. I believe that's true. That's true. Yeah. And it's amazing. So we have this relationship. It's called a commensal relationship with the bacteria in our gut. They help us digest our food. They help um, defeat bacteria, believe it or not. Other bacteria that get into your system, like Salmonella and Shigella, Clostridium difficile. Good bacteria are our warriors of the gut, helping us fight off this stuff so we don't get sick. Well, it turns out there are things produced by the bacteria in our gut and things that are, you know, um, modified and, and moderated by bacteria in our gut that can cause systemic disease, okay? So certain gut bacteria and certain gut conditions are related to s- Alzheimer's. And I know for a fact having read the studies, that certain bacteria and bacterial conditions in your gut are related to heart disease. Now, do we know yet? Well, we have some ideas. There are chemicals and, and proteins and hormones that are regulated and produced by this interaction. Well, one of the things that's come out now, and it kind of makes sense, right, is if you don't poop, if you don't have a good bowel movement every three days, you have a much higher risk of Alzheimer's disease. So maybe, just maybe. You got to get rid of this stuff and, and cleanse your system out to be healthy. And so, so there was always this thing when we were seeing patients in clinic. Oh, it's another guy obsessed with his bowels. You know, Doc, I can't have a bowel movement. I want one. And it just sit there and blah, 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 blah. And I have patients who refuse to quit smoking completely because they say, Doc, the only way I can have a good bowel movement is to have my cup of coffee and my cigarette in the morning, and boom, it works. So there is a huge um, new era in medicine, and that's to try to figure out how our gut keeps us healthy, how those gut bacteria keep us healthy. So what's the huge thing now? Probiotics. And I think probiotics are good. I mean, I take them I take three different ones. I take a um, sarcomyces, which is kind of a yeasty thing, and I take uh, two other probiotics. And then the other thing, I hate to say it, that I do, is I eat a lot of fiber. And there's two types of fiber, right? There's insoluble fiber, and then there's soluble fiber. What does that mean? The insoluble fiber doesn't dissolve in your gut. Most of the time, fiber absorbs water, so your gut has more water in it. And think about it, if your gut's wetter, that poop's going to move out quicker, and then the insoluble fiber does the same thing. But you know, if if you look at you know um, uh, some of the over-the-counter fiber things like you know, aqua, which I can't remember the names. Of them. Metamucil. Well, Metamucil's insoluble and a little bit of soluble fiber. Uh, fiber, That's. fiber. So fiber liquefies, and that's essentially wheat dextrin is the name of that, and it also keeps water in your colon. And then the big controversy, and I think it is, you know, controversy, they need to do the studies, is whether Miralax, which is a fantastic medication to keep yourself regular. Now, the warnings on Miralax, because it is a chemical, it is polyethylene glycol. And the thing about it is, is, 99.99% not absorbed from the gut. So the polyethylene glycol goes through your gut, keeps a lot of water in your stool, and it cleans you out. Now, poly- uh, Miralax is said to be used only intermittently for intermittent constipation. Well, I've got a lot of patients that I just put on Miralax once a day. Now, there have been plenty of studies up to six years have shown no long-term problems in those patients, at least that they can detect. Now, for me, I use Benefiber, I use Metamucil, and I also throw a little Miralox in there. Uh, and I have a nice, you know, bowel movement once a day in the morning and most of the time in the afternoon, too. Now, sometimes I run out of this stuff, I just say. Okay, for I sure. forgot to go get it. Well, those days, I just feel miserable if I haven't really had a good bowel movement. And the other thing is hemorrhoids, Right. If you, have, if you have to push that bowel movement out, if it's really rock hard, it's a much higher risk for hemorrhoids, okay? So one of the ways that I treat patients with hemorrhoids is you're not having a bowel movement every day is to get to that stage. Now, don't do anything based on what we talk about on this show because you need to, f- to go to your physician. There may be medicines that you're taking that should not be taken with fiber. There may be conditions in your system. So for example, if you've got short gut syndrome, or if you've got you know intermittent strictures in your bowel, no way in heck you should be taking these um, medicines to induce more bowel movements. So please do not try this at home. We're just talking about what some people like myself do. And uh, it's amazing. Now, can altering the bacterial composition in your gut make you healthy? And that's the big thing that's being done now. Um, gut, uh, stool transplants, believe it or not, we're transplanting poop bacteria to try to solve certain medical conditions. And there is one medical condition that absolutely is treatable with a what we call a a. Uh, fecal transplant, and that's a, uh, a diarrheal condition that's called Clostridium difficile. So if you take, for example, an antibiotic, clindamycin amoxicillin, it can destroy some of your good bacteria that are fighting off and controlling the Clostridia. Well, they grow out, produce a toxin that just irritates and, and, and causes your colon to be inflamed and produce tons of fluid, and you have this really horrible bacterial infection, diarrhea, and it can actually kill you. I mean, if it's in the worst thing, and now a lot of bacteria, a lot of antibiotics don't work. We used to use Flagyl or Metronidazole. We used to use something called well, we still do Vancomycin, and it sometimes they don't work anymore. Well, I tell you what works, tried and true. Is a fecal transplant, and in fact, that was the first treatment back in the 30s and 40s when the first antibiotics came out, and this was noted as a condition related to antibiotics. They take healthy um, uh, stool from a healthy individual, and you know, kind of make it palatable, I guess, but they give it by enema. Well, now we're giving fecal transplants by capsules, and most of that's in studies. So. Having a healthy bowel is not just important for, you know, the old men who may be obsessed at not having a bowel movement. They had nothing else to do but think about their bowel movements. I'm being facetious here. But they may have been right. You know, there may have been some subconscious thing in their bodies saying, uh, you need to have a bowel movement, Fred. You know, you're not having a bowel movement, Fred. I think you're going to get sick eventually, Fred. And that's the body talking to it. The other parts of the body, so make sure if you are not having a good bowel movement once a day, at most once every other day, if you're not having one more than ever, or equal to every third or day or more, the studies have shown that that's tied to a higher risk. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying if you don't have bowel movement every third day you're going to go dementia you're going to get dementia. It's been associated with a higher risk of developing dementia, and we're working on it. And I think people feel better, too. There are things you can measure in the bloodstream, which is a chemical called octreonine. And they've actually done the study where someone's been constipated. They measure levels of this um, uh, chemical in the bloodstream, and it's associated with feeling fatigued and, you know, kind of brain fog. As soon as you have that bowel movement that goes way down. So bowel movements are good.
0: It seems to me three days is an awfully long time to wait between bowel movements. I, I mean, is patients, there an average?
1: I have patients who haven't had a bowel movement in seven to eight days, and that's their normal. That's their normal. And I, I think to myself...
0: They're not Italian.
1: Is, <laughs> I think that if you uh, will consider that You know, the panoply of the human body. I mean, everybody's different. Maybe that's okay for them. I don't know. That's not been really studied. Um, But I think most people need to have regular bowel movements. Now, you even have a scale now. Did you know that? They have 1 through 10 scale. And the number 4 poop is what you should have. And it's described shaped like a banana. You know, kind of that same consistency. You don't have to strain to push it out. And then there's on the number one scale, um, which are, I can't remember one versus 10, but on one end of the scale, it's little tiny hard pellets. And on the end of the scale is pure water. Gut health is extremely important. So if your gut is not healthy, it's possible, um, based on studies, that your whole body's not going to be healthy. So get that worked on. Um, before you do the fiber, before you do the marillax, before you do anything we've talked about, make sure you've gone to your doctor and talked about it because there are things that may be particular to your health and maybe the medicines you're on that you should not do the fiber thing. Um, There are new medicines out. Uh, Have you heard of Linzess? I have. Yeah. So Linzess is a really cool medicine. It works. It's a natural hormone that works, or excuse me, it's a natural chemical found in your body that is produced into a medicine that makes your colon put more water. It makes your colon cells put more water into your colon. The way the the gut works in a very simplistic way the stomach has acid starts to break down the proteins because it just it's like an acid bath the small bowel is where you absorb your vitamins and absorb your minerals it's 23 feet long the stomach the foot the colon serves one purpose and one purpose only to regulate the amount of water in your stool so if you get a really bad cholera infection, what do you die from? You die from dehydration because it poisons the ability of the colon to give the right amount of water and just your whole water comes out in your colon. So diarrhea is bad. You get People don't understand one of the major causes of dehydration, one of the major illnesses of dehydration is diarrheal illness. And that's something really important to know. That if you have diarrhea and it's bad, you need to go to the doctor. And if you have diarrhea that is just copious and you're just pouring out fluid, you need to go to the emergency room. Not because they're going to solve your diarrhea problem right away, but they'll prevent you from getting totally dehydrated. And that's the thing. So we've got it. Stool is good. Poops are good. And you got to have it figured out.
0: What's your take on natural stimulants? Um, I, I remember as a child, if we were constipated, mom came out with the prune juice. Yeah, that's okay. good. Uh, yeah, that's good. hear natural gonna-
1: compounds in prune juice are good yeah. for you. But most of the prune juice is fiber, what really helps. And, you know, don't get hooked on, quote-unquote, laxatives. So dulcalax is a stimulant to the colon. It increases colonic contractions which are also part of pooping. Your colon gets addicted to it. I hate to use that term, but your colon winds up depending on it. And um, I think prune juice is great, except if you're diabetic, it's got a lot of sugar in it, so be aware of that. Don't start drinking prune juice until your doctor tells you it's a good thing to do. But for those whose doctors have approved the prune juice, it's great stuff. And and (laughs) I even put little Miralax for some people in prune juice, but again, don't do these things unless your doctor approves. Um, uh, you know, what's that? Um, women, uh, femme, I don't know. What's that thing that women take for constipation? There's X-lax, right? Now, that's phenothaline. That is not something you want to take more than once or twice a month. Because again, that is a stimulant to the colon and causes it to contract more. And if you do it every day, that's a bad thing. You'll wind up being totally unable to have a bowel movement without it and then eventually it doesn't work, and then your colon is just a rock.
0: Well put, well put. Um, We've got another minute or two here. Um, So we've always been told diet plays an important role in digestion and, you know, to have plenty of fruits and vegetables, I guess, which are...
1: Yeah, and the reason why you want to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, especially um, the vegetables, is that you get this fiber, which is non-digestible, and is what we call insoluble fiber. So, for example, um, if you eat a lot of broccoli and cauliflower and a lot of um, asparagus, for example, You can sort of tell that crunchy outside, that is the insoluble fiber that's going to absorb water, keep the water in your colon, and move. I had somebody who would eat a peach, or if they were constipated, they have two or three peaches. Now, it's important to realize that when you eat a lot of fruit, if you're diabetic, natural sugar is still sugar right? So you got to be very careful. Grapes, I mean, that's the worst thing a diabetic can eat, I hate to say. And the grape growers of America are going to call it and be mad. But you got to be very careful about the fruits you eat. But apples, skin on the apple, I love that. I love that. Just biting into a juicy red apple, that's good in the sense that is so much fiber in it, you're going to stay regular. If you only eat meat and you only eat, you know, um, Uh, hard type foods like that you're not going to have good bowel health overall vegetables are wonderful now am I a vegetarian heck no I am a omnivore and I'm telling you I'm not you you, you take away my steak through my cold dead hands okay (laughs) and same here um, yeah the bottom line is um, eat a lot of fiber As long as your doctor says that's good for you, there are a lot of people who should not be eating fiber. We won't go into those conditions, but it's good for most.
0: Awesome. Again, as always, Dr. Frank, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and experience with us. Folks, we hope you enjoy listening to heart health radio as much as we do recording it if you have a particular health topic you'd like to hear more about or if you have a specific health question you'd like answered kindly drop us an email at dr at gmail.com that's d-r-w-e-f-a-l-d at gmail.com as always we thank you for listening and for telling your friends and neighbors about us have a great weekend everyone and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of heart health radio
1: the information and opinions expressed on this program provide general information relating to health and are not intended to constitute advice or specific recommendations related to any particular person, ailment, disease, or condition, or otherwise substitute for a consultation with a qualified medical doctor. Franklin, we fall in the linear cardiovascular makes no representations or warranties as to the accuracy or reliability of this information. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately.